millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inner Sanctum. If you're listening to this not behind the paywall, then this is a little flavour of what you get behind the paywall. It's basically like the pods I do after games, but before games. It's a novel concept, isn't it? Interesting week this week, Manchester United and Liverpool in the same week. Two miserable games for us, generally speaking, but the Man United game was alright, wasn't it? I went into that expecting nothing. We went 2-0 down. Like I say, I didn't feel anything really. I felt numb to it. I just thought, well, this is our season done. I know there's a lot of I know there's this temptation to say, Oh, I'm done with it now. I'm completely done with Spurs. This is a shit show, but come on. Come on everyone. We know we know you're not fooling anybody, do you? Look actually, here's a perfect opportunity for me to delve into the mailbag. You see how comfortable I am doing like this formatted stuff where it's not just me being able to sit there and kind of Chat. I mean, this is. I mean, this is tenuously formatted at best. However, <clears throat> got a question here from Richard Hanscom, and he said, "Just sat here after putting the kids down, wondering what the point of it all is with Spurs and elite football. To be honest, we're in Seaford in East Sussex. I've started taking the kids to see Lewis FC play." Maybe we should just get into grassroots football and draw a line under things now. The trouble is, when you've supported Spurs for over three decades, it's hard to let go. But I totally resonate with what you said about how bent football is. Sky just follow the money, unquestionably complicit in Newcastle's disconcertingly short rise to the top. Levy seems to be putting his eggs into the improved FFP basket, which doesn't really fill me with confidence for the future. And let's not get started on Dad going to Chelsea. Look, it, this is something that I, I feel a lot, Rich. Like, I'll, I'll talk to Phil, friend of the show, about often. I pose that question to him. If if it was just a binary, right? If there was a switch, you could literally flick and turn off your affection, your love, your fucking servitude to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club would you flick it and I, I, we, we're always just kind of like because uh, I think and I'm going to I'm going to reference him before he does the unthinkable as Pochettino once said without football these moments you know these feeling these emotions wouldn't be possible and I do, I do always think about that. I always think about, like my my brother-in-law, he doesn't like football. He's got no interest in football whatsoever, none. And that's fine. Like I, I don't, I don't have that. Oh, how can you not like fucking football type thing? 
even if I do think that, <laughs> but like I, I don't see it as like some yardstick of masculinity and all that type of shit. Like you know, probably fucking dad's generation did. Fair enough. People like different things, and I love I, I fucking I love other stuff. You know, I love I love movies. I love films. Like completely, the thrill of <laughs> honestly. I still get excited going to the cinema, not in a weird way, all right? Nothing, not that type of cinema. But just going into the cinema to watch a film, all of it, the going into the lobby, choosing what you want to see, the carpets, the sticky floors, all of it. Again, I said not that type of dodgy cinema. Soft drinks spill everywhere and all that type of shit, you know what I mean? The lights go down, the trailers start. I, lo- I just, I love it. it. Gives me a buzz. Love going to see live music, absolutely unbelievable. Especially if it's if it's one of those bands that you really really love and you're waiting for like the big tunes to drop, amazing. Sometimes actually, to be fair, I ended up I went to Reading Festival one was it a couple of summers ago just for the day. Fuck me, I felt like an absolute granddad. But because um, Queens of the Stone Age were supposed to play and then they pulled out like 11th hour, one of them got COVID or something. And Liam Gallagher was there, so that was all right. I saw him play all the hits. But I was just wondering about, and I'd never seen him before, never heard anything from him. But I saw this fella called Jerry Cinnamon. Absolutely unbelievable. Blew my mind. So what? there's like, you know, there's a joy to discovering some new music. Look, you know me by now. You know this is a load of waffling shit, right? My point that I'm trying to get back to, though, is that without football in my life, some of those highs, and more, no, actually not without football, without Tottenham, as Pochettino said, things like Ajax, Things like Kane's mask goal in the North London derby. Things like Robbie Keane making it 4-4 against Chelsea with that wonder goal. Aaron Lennon at the Emirates. Ball smacking into Jonathan Woodgate's face at Wembley, going past Petr Cech. That's gone. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing that gets close to that, even chemically. And I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest sort of. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't use narcotics at all, to be honest. So, I may have dabbled in the past. Um, sorry, Mum, if you're listening, but there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that gets close to it at all. So. You, I think you nail it yourself. We've, we're, we're in this place where we're dejected. We see ourselves on a downward curve. But let's let's be brutally honest. We're in this place because Arsenal are doing well this season. We're in this place because the football we've been watching is boring. We're in this place that, despite the fact... And I, I had this disagreement with a lad on Twitter the other day where I was claiming that our position in the league is a false position and... He was putting back to that. It's literally where we are in the table. I do understand that, but I I find it disingenuous. I think we're a bang average side right now that happens to have Harry Kane. And we know we're not really in the mix or anything. We knew we weren't. 
we threw the League Cup, but also if we if we'd have won the League Cup and we were still the season was still going the way it is now, we wouldn't be happy. I'm sorry, we just wouldn't be. The League Cup is good. It's a good day out. That's it. FA Cup would have been nice. I really felt like we could have made something of it this year, but you know, that's that. But we are we're not in a great place and it feels like shit. But we start getting some more momentum next year. Because look, even with the football not being great, we've not known what the future holds. We've always we we come on, everybody knew Conte was going at the end of this year, regardless of what we did. Maybe, maybe if we finished second, third, like really looked like we were in the thick of it, he might have extended. He might have done. But I think just kind of, scra- say, if we just scraped fourth now or something, I think he'd still be like, nah, nah. And I, it didn't feel like he ever wanted to be a part of it. So we've not really ever had any momentum this season. It feels so tragic because we ended last year so well. It just makes me wonder, like, how has it gone this badly? But is what it is. But if we start looking like we're kind of playing with some purpose, we feel like... And really, all I think it would take is like, well, we've got Destiny coming in. But even if we do get somebody involved like Mundell, who... <laughs> we keep putting him on the bench and he's... I keep just seeing these highlights from the whatever youth team games, whichever level he's playing at, of him just scoring worldies and stuff like that. Just get someone like him involved. Alfie Devine. This Alex Scott lad who's highly rated at Bristol City just come out, basically just done a come get me plea. You know, just spoken about how he's a Spurs fan. How he's good mates with Alfie Devine. Sign somebody like him, start getting him involved. He's 18. Alfie Devine's 18. It's just like, come on. It doesn't matter. Start getting these players involved. It gives people something to believe in. It gives people hope for a future. It's not just seeing... Pretty much the same starting eleven with a few variations here and there. Or maybe Danjuma will start today, but big whoop, you know? It's and that's no slight on Danjuma, but what we know is that the core of the team is just the same. I think when somebody like Larice goes as well, it's a refresh. We bring in a new centre back so we're not having Sierra Dyer every week alongside Romero. It's a refresh. It's just all started to stagnate. I think we're all feeling that. I think the players are feeling that. And by the sounds of it, most people working at the club, other than Daniel Levy and fucking Donna Cullen, seem to know how bad things are going. And I know what you mean, Richard, to your original question, watching grassroots football and all that. But every now and again, I'll go and, I'll go and watch it. I'll go and watch Corinthian Casuals with my old man because it's at the bottom of the street where I grew up. And it's kind of nice just to sort of go and watch a game because he's, just, you know, he can't really be asked for coming up to Spurs anymore or anything like that. He's getting older and he just, yeah, just can't bother for it basically. Um, so it's nice to spend a bit of time with him doing that sort of thing, but I couldn't care less about the football, mate, honestly. And I've always sort of kept one eye on them. Historic team, 
literally from where I grew up. All that type of thing. But it's always going to be Spurs, isn't it, man? Like it's it's just there. It's in you. There's no getting away from it. There just isn't. And just going back to Potts one more time, you know, without it, I think a lot of the stuff we feel when it is good wouldn't be possible. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just projecting. But for all the shit, for as bad as the season feels right now, for if Arsenal still rally and manage to win the league, There will be good times again. There will be. It's just been... Since, let's be honest, four years, 2019 onwards. Well, we had the great Champions League run, so... That's something. But our form in the league was awful. You know, the Champions League run was an escape from that. And what an escape, obviously. But we've just been, barring the the brief window at the end of last season when Conte did manage to galvanise us and the players did step up, we got the Champions League, beat Arsenal 3-0. It's not been, it's not been good fun at all. It's been a chore more than anything, but it can all change. The good times will come again. They will. We know they will. They may never be as good as they were in 16-17 or the Champions League final. Well, that wasn't that good, was it? Ajax was good, though. Let's say the the run to the Champions League final and we can just erase the rest of that. It's uh, a point you in the way of... Um, it was It was retweeted the other day. Um, so so the Greek NBA player Janice I'm not going to butch the pronunciation of his surname let me see how to pronounce In the Nigerian way, you gotta say it with a D, so it's added to compo. But in the Greek way, you say it with an NT, like answer to compo. So I changed myself, like, I don't think there's a way you gotta say the last. Adet compo. Giannis Adet compo. Um, he, that was me watching a video of him pronouncing his own name. He, I've, I tweeted it, retweeted it on my thing, and he's, he's, he was asked, I don't really know much about American sports. I don't really understand the sort of the the way it plays out and everything like that. But he was in like the NBA playoffs with the Milwaukee Bucks, is it? <laughs> um, honestly, I know nothing about US sports. I really don't. He got knocked out of him and one of the reporters says to him in the press conference... You failed again, you know, or is this this is a failure again, right? How have you not made it through? And he's just gone on this this pretty eloquent response to the 
to the journalist. Not pretty, it's a very eloquent response to the journalist. Essentially outlining for him, like, you know, define failure. So what, you're a sports journalist. Every single year you don't get a, you don't get a promotion. You failed at your job. Or are you here at the sort of top level of what it is that you do? And there's lots of people that do it. And not everybody can win. Not everybody gets that promotion. Is that a failure or are you building towards success? And it's just mad how binary it all is with football. And I get it. It's, again, it's it's a product. It's Sky Sports selling their product. It's Sky Sports selling you the best competition in the world. It's the Premier League themselves selling you the best trademark competition in the world. And that nuance of just enjoying football, the journey, is is being lost. People are just people are in this constant state of panic of and I th- I think people have been programmed to feel that way. That if you don't win something, if you're not there every single year lifting the Premier League trophy, rival fans are gonna ban to you and you have to be angry about your own team and you know, and I'm not saying I'm immune from this. I get fucking livid, but then you do also have to take a step back and be like, fuck all teams win anything. There's just a little group of teams that pretty much trade all the trophies amongst themselves. Look how many times Real Madrid have won the Champions League. Look how many times AC have won it. Manchester United, well, no, not so much Man United. Liverpool. There's not a massive array of different clubs, really. And even your historical giants like Ajax, you know, we knocked them out in the semi-final. They're further down the pecking order than we are now. Football is increasingly fucked, right? And if we're going into this sport, if we're so tethered to this sport thinking that it promises us success, it promises us seeing Harry Kane win a Champions League for Tottenham Hotspur. It's not just you're in the wrong sport, any sport. If you look at it in any sport, there's top teams, they just are. Um, I think my NFL works differently. I know they do have salary caps and they try to keep things fair, they've got the draft and all that type of stuff, but... Let's be honest, it's all open to... I think, like, who is it? Like, the Patriots or something? The one that Harry Kane idolises who... I'm hearing are, like, the Gammon team as well, which is, you know, is what it is. Um, They've won it fucking loads of times, haven't they? Like, I don't know. Look, you've just... We've got to try and remember the good times will come... Look, this this has been a long point to this opening question, but I haven't done any previewing of Liverpool yet. However... The good times will come again. They will. There'll be something that we can enjoy from this. And it's just worth remembering that the highs we get from this, they are worth the trade-off of the lows. They just are because nothing else matches them. Let's have a let's have a let's have a look into Liverpool. Let's see if I can pull up any any stitch or anything like that. 
Team news. Liverpool defender Ibrahim Konate is available after missing... That's annoying because he's really good. After missing the win at West Ham to allow recovery time while Naby Keita is back in training. Oh, well. Diogo Jota should feature despite being forced off at the London Stadium after sustaining a blow to his back. But Roberto Firmino remains out. That's good. He always scores against us. Tottenham Hotspur have no new injury concerns for their trip to Anfield. Hugo Lloris is still sidelined due to the hip problem. Mmm, a hip problem, eh? It's hip to be able to cover up your, I don't know, mistakes by saying you're injured. Move aside, Huey Lewis. Match facts. I'm stealing this from the BBC. Me do research, come on. Head to head. Liverpool have lost just one of their past 20 Premier League. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. The good times will come again. <laughs> Liverpool have lost just one of their past 20 Premier League games against Spurs. While they are unbeaten in 10 meetings since a 4-1 loss at Wembley in October 2017. Spurs have won won on just two of their last 35 league visits to Anfield, most recently in May 2011. That was the day when Luka Modric ran the show, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, So yeah, to say that we're going into this game... Hopeful at best. Look, there's just some some much needed context, right? This season is woeful, but we we've had brilliant teams go up there and do absolutely nothing. It's just one of those places where we just. I think it was my mate Sanj. He he plucked something out once. It was like since the Titanic has sunk. <laughs> since the Titanic has sunk. Tottenham have won less than a double f- digits amount of time at Anfield or something like that. It's honestly, it's something or it's something insane like that. And they've not had a good season, but nor, <laughs> nor have we. And they're actually on the up again now. You could say green shoots of improvement. Our XG was the best it's been since, I think, October. Hark at me, defaulting back to <laughs> XG to try and make my point. But it was a good performance against Manchester United, second half. Good spirit from the lads. That's what that's what that game was mostly about, IMHO. Not to do not to do Mason a di- Actually, no, that does Mason a massive disservice because he kept changing the game around. He made subs. He went after the game. Fair play to him. Fair play to the lads for showing some spirit. If Mason wants the job full time, then doing something like this, winning at Anfield, is a good way towards you know at least making a making a statement. I know a lot of I know to a lot of people that is like kryptonite. The thought of Ryan Mason managing the club. I'm not. Being fully honest with you, I'm not head over heels with the idea of it. I'm, I'm not 
campaigning for it. However, it doesn't turn my stomach. That's all I'll say. Of course, that's not all I'm going to say. I will say a bit more. I'll add a bit more context to that. Just having a slurp of my coffee. Decaf coffee. I have a I have a condition, right? Before you start coming at me with why you're having decaf. Okay? Look, Ryan Mays... <sighs> There's just something that appeals to me about the thought of having made an appointment from within. You see your Ajaxes do that. Barcelona. I'm sure there's plenty of other clubs that do that type of thing. Ultimately, Arsenal gave Arteta a chance. People will say, oh, well, you know, he was Pep Guardiola's right-hand man. But Ryan Mason's worked with Mourinho and Conte. So everybody that shouts about us not backing those two because they're proven winners and all that shit. You know? Ryan Mason's worked with them. But it's not so much about that. I just, I quite like, I quite like the way he holds himself. His love for the club cannot be questioned. And I just feel that if you've got him and you've got like a young coaching setup that know the club, I don't know. There's there's something about that I'm, that I'm not repulsed by. They were making a good point on the fighting cock the other week. They're talking about can you imagine the meltdown if we'd assigned Eddie Howe? And I think we can. I think we can still use this as an example because although Newcastle have spent, they started to spend a lot of money and they've had this big takeover, and I think they are inevitably going to be buoyed by the sense of direction of travel, where they're headed to, what the club aspires to be. On the surface of it, we've got two similar good... I mean, we've got Harry Kane still. So, minus Harry Kane, we've got two good squads of players. Definitely way above average in many departments. Definitely way below average in many other departments. And I think Eddie Howe has coached them into being a, a fine outfit. Look, they're going to finish in the Champions League, you know, Champions League places. If we'd assigned Eddie Howe after, I don't know, after Mourinho, people would have been in open revolt. And I've never really understood why the. T why everything turned on Eddie Howe so much because when he did bring Bournemouth up people held him in similar regard to how they held a Brighton Potter this dynamic young exciting manager and yeah they got relegated again and it kind of fell to shit but Bournemouth are a yo-yo club right they're, they're never really going to be knocking on the door unless they you know I don't know start <clears throat> with some new progressive approach to running their football club like somebody like Brighton for example and then after that he just kind of became like this joke figure and I I, 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 to be truth be told I never really got it also truth be told I probably wouldn't have been happy if we'd assigned Eddie Howe I would have found it quite boring he's not very charismatic but he's obviously done a fantastic job at Newcastle so what is it that makes us think we are above above all that 
what makes us think we are above Ryan Mason, genuinely speaking. Why do we think we're entitled to Nagelsmann? Because it, we we see this narrative, it flips so often. I want to enjoy the journey, I want to, all this type of shit. But then the shiny thing presents itself. And everybody's suddenly like, Nagelsmann will save us, he will. There's no guarantee of that at all. None whatsoever. You cannot present your opinion as fact. You just can't. The facts are that he is a dynamic and exciting young manager who clearly has something about him. So much so he was managing Bayern Munich, one of the biggest football clubs in football history. At the age of what, 34, 35? He's definitely got something about him. The facts are that he brandishes a, a, a progressive approach to football. He coaches youth. He makes shrewd acquisitions. He had a team that was a comparable size to Tottenham, respectively speaking. Doing well. He's got something about him, but this sense that he will come in and save Tottenham, he will be brilliant for us, is an opinion. It's not a fact. It's not a fact. It's not a fact that he will do a better job than Vincent Company. Vincent Company, as I've said before, was a titan in the Premier League. A ferocious leader. One of the best defenders the league's ever seen. For one of the best teams the league has ever seen. What's to say that a group of Premier League footballers, because he had a similar problem at Bayern Munich, what's to say a, a group of players at Tottenham I'm going to think, well, who's this little skateboard nerd? He's not played the game. Vincent Company comes in and starts shouting at them and telling them what they're doing is wrong. He doesn't just shout, you know, but we've. I'm referencing the video that kind of went viral of him delivering that half-time team talk where he's like livid at them. And it's brilliant. It's not fucking run manager type, John Sitton, bring your dinner shit. with purpose but then what's to say that Vincent Comedy doesn't end up like Steven Gerrard <laughs> you know it. There's, there's no definite answer to this and all that I'm saying is with Ryan Mason I don't I don't turn my nose up at it again if I had to say no I'd probably rather he wasn't our manager but if he does end up becoming it I think I can get on board with it. Some match facts about Liverpool. Liverpool have earned three straight league wins despite conceding in each game. See, they're on the up. They have conceded four goals in their past two Premier League home matches, as many as they had in their previous nine fixtures at Anfield. The Reds could let in two or more goals in three consecutive games at Anfield for the first time since September 2012. Mm, can't see it. Mo Salah has scored seven Premier League goals versus Tottenham since joining Liverpool in 2017. The highest tally by any player during this period. 
He scored both goals in Liverpool's 2-1 win at Spurs in the reverse fixture this season. That was a really annoying game. Cody Gakpo has been directly involved in 28 goals and 29 league appearances for PSV and Liverpool this season, scoring 15 and assisting 13. He's been a quietly really good signing. Quietly! He's been a quietly really good signing. He's been a quietly really good signing for Liverpool, hasn't he, Cody Gakpo? It was, again, sort of flipping back to what I was saying at the start of the pods. All the football is how it is now type shit. People were so quick to, to want to write him off, you know. And he, uh, after like two games, they're like, nah, he's shit, isn't he? He's, he's, he's actually looks really good for them. Trent Alexander-Arnold has provided five assists in his past four Premier League appearances, one more than in his previous 40 top-flight matches. All five of his assists have come in April, in the, the most in a single Premier League month by any Liverpool player. From what I understand, Klopp has played around with Alexander-Arnold's positioning, right? He's made him more of an attacking player, less emphasis on him having to defend... That kind of natural progression, I think most of us... I think one of the thing, one of the biggest comparisons I've seen a lot of people say, especially when Trent was flying, was that you could see him one day just being a Gareth Bale-type player. And you probably could. You know, somebody that just roams kind of around the wing and up front, but definitely in a more attacking sort of position. I wouldn't be overly surprised to see Trent go that way. Tottenham Hotspur match facts. Tottenham are winless in five Premier League away games, losing three of those. The same tally of defeats as in their previous 16 matches on the road. It's kind of a weird stat, that one, isn't it? I often wonder how they draw these things out. No, well, someone's job, isn't it? So, research. Spurs have conceded 31 away league goals this season, their most in a single campaign since letting in 35 in 2008-2009. They've only kept two league clean sheets outside of this. What the fuck, man? This is. I often find this, right, with the way BBC writes some of these things, I find them so convoluted and I just don't really ever get the point that they're making. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, can you refine this sentence? please into chat gpt yes i know i'm feeding the fucking robots whatever we're all fucking obsolete anyway let's be honest they're here they're doing it i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
So here we go. BBC statement was Spurs have conceded 31 away league goals this season, their most in a single campaign since letting in 35 in 2008 2009. They've only kept two league clean sheets outside of London this season, doing so in victories at Nottingham Forest and Brighton and Hove Albion. I'm asking ChatGPT to refine that sentence. Let's see what it comes up with. Oh. This season, Tottenham Hotspur have struggled defensively in away league games, conceding a total of 31 goals, which marks their highest number of goals conceded in a single campaign since 2008-2009, when they let in 35. Moreover, the team has managed to keep only two clean sheets in away league matches outside of London this season, achieving this feat in their wins against Nottingham Forest and Brighton and Hove Albion. I missed. Much the same. Apologies, BBC. That was, that was fine. It's just... Uh, well, it wasn't fine. It's just... Maybe split that into two bullet points. Six of Tottenham's last seven Premier League goals against Liverpool have been scored by either Harry Kane, three, or Son Hyun Min, three. Overall, Kane has scored eight times against Liverpool in the division, a figure only surpassed by Andy Cole's tally of 11. Harry Kane has scored in each of his last three Premier League away games, with Spurs failing to win all three. The last player to score in four consecutive away appearances without winning was Stephen Fletcher between April and September 2012. Who was he? Was he Stephen Fletcher? Was that Sunderland, I want to say? Stephen Fletcher. Footballer. Yeah, it was Sunderland, wasn't it? Hibs, Burnley, Wolves, Sunderland. So when was that? Between April and September 2012, yes, he would have been playing for Sunderland at that point. Probably one of those drastically appalling Sunderland teams. So that's that's great, Tottenham. That's really nice. That's really good of you to uh, to provide us with that hope. Um, Chris Sutton's prediction, blah, 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 showed a bit of character. Tottenham showed a bit of character. Liverpool side will dominate. Liverpool are on a roll. 3-1. 3-1 to Liverpool. Um, probably not the worst I mean Klopp as well coming out with that galling pat on the head stuff oh they are a really good team Tottenham the best the best uh, <laughs> what do you think huh you know when he gets all aggy with them in the post-match press so Jürgen was that a was that a good performance <laughs> you, you tell me you you think I, I cannot talk about these things you, you tell me huh But um, he says we're the best counter-attacking team in world football, which almost feels like a bit of a dig in a way, doesn't it? But we're definitely not the best counter-attacking team in world football either, so just shut up. Do I think we're going to beat Liverpool? No, I don't, because we never do. But I'd like to see us put in a good performance. Oh, I mean, obviously, it goes without fucking saying, doesn't it? But I think we are going to get a draw up there. Go on, let's be hopeful. Let's say we're going to get a draw up there. Let's go on to let's let's hear a few more. Let's hear a couple. Let's have, I've got a couple of voice notes here. Let's hear a couple of questions from listeners. If you do want to send in any voice notes or send in any emails, do so to. Tetrunk 
at gmail.com. Send them there or just send me a DM on Twitter. But here's one from Tom Middleton. Tom Middleton had already sent me a question previously, but I hadn't got around to putting it out. Apologies, Tom. And it kind of went out of date. So here's Tom's follow-up question. Hey, dude. Me again. Hope you're well. Um, I think with the horrific news coming out the last few days, my original punch question's been made redundant. Uh, looks like Dad is running off with hot secretary while our house is on fire, which is cool and fun. Um, so leaning into that a bit more, really, how, how are you feeling about Poch going to Chelsea? Um, do you think he'll do well? Um, how do you think the Chelsea fans are going to take to him, if they will? Do you think they're... A, uh, do you think they're... Do you think they want him? Um, fucking hell, it's just going to be horrible, isn't it? The song, everything. Oh. Um, and how do you think... We're all going to take it, if he does well. Do, do you think this is the end? Do you think this is the end of um, any potential kind of potch to Spurs rekindling the romance? Um, why do you think Levy didn't put the call, or sorry, Coy's Daniel, <laughs> as he's now uh, affectionately known? Why, why, why do you think he didn't put the call in? Because um, it seems like such a, an easy thing to do to win the fans over. Um, a lot of questions in there, but... Yeah, cool. Have a good day, dude. Cheers, that, Tom. Um, how do I feel about Pochettino going to Chelsea? Uh, not very happy at all, really. And I started off, I said on a couple of pods ago, I won't bear him any ill will if he does go there. But it's actually, the more I've fested on it, the more it's pissed me off from his perspective. He knows, he, for, for a man that says how much he loves the club, how much he loves the support during his time at the club and beyond, to go there is horrific. He's a millionaire. It's not like his you know his family is starving or anything. I mean, well, I haven't had a look at his books or anything, but still, one would assume that he isn't starving. I mean, look at him. He's not starving, is he? He's got his little, he's got his little bread belly again at the moment. It's it's just it's it's sad. He, I don't know if you saw Alan Brazil, <laughs> that that trusted source, but Alan Brazil was talking about the Pochettino thing, and just saying that the 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 only comment Pochettino's made to him about all of it is that he's just sad that Tottenham have never gotten back in touch with him. And if we are citing Alan Brazil as a tier one source, that's sad, right? It is It is sad and it makes me wonder if part of this, he's an emotional guy, Pochettino, if part of it is him lashing out. Rosa on the Hometown Glory podcast, the sort of opening sections of it this week, their latest podcast, check it out, she's was speaking from the heart on Pochettino and a lot of it rung true. He was supposed to be the guy that knew more, knew that there's more to all of this than just, oh, it's just a job. He's just doing a job. It's not that personal. He's just doing a job. It's not though, is it? You can't sky on all this. You can't leverage people's emotions 
you can't fan the flames of that of these narratives of these stories of saying that the game is bigger it's about more and then when it suits to have this cold well you know it's it's just a job grow up get over it it doesn't work that way and I am sad that he's going there I know there's a very mixed consensus as you ask how do I think he's going to do there my gut tells me and it's an ample gut that he's going to do well I think they've got I, I don't I don't buy the PSG comparisons I don't think they're relevant um, I don't think Chelsea have as many superstars for a start as as PSG do and I think Todd Bowley despite the fact he is going down into the dressing room and appealing to the players I I don't know I think the the expectation and the ego is slightly different in a way I think PSG are now have arrived at their point when they have to win the Champions League whereas I, th I feel that Bowley in that actually I'm not going to vouch for Bowley I don't know I don't know what he's like as a person but the Chelsea as a club I think will be happy getting back into just being competent again because they've been an absolute fucking shambles this year. And it this is one of those things that irritates me, how bad they've been. And we're still the ones in the spotlight of being this catastrophic failure. And some, I think it was a Chelsea fan, said to me on Twitter, yeah, but you haven't won the Champions League in the past few years. Yeah, but we've been in the fucking Champions League final. Still a roll of the dice. Chelsea are still escaping from a lot, a lot of fucking shit that they should be getting this year. They could be sucked into... I think they've still got to play the top five. They've got, what, six or seven games left. They've got to play the whole top five or something. Is that right? I'm not sure. Or five of the top seven, five of the top six. I'm not sure. They've got a mad run where they could. And it would take something. I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen. But there is a possibility they could be involved in a relegation fight. So will Pochettino do better than that? Yes, I think he will. I think he'll galvanise the spirit of a lot of those young players there. Thinking like your Mason Mounts, Reese James, who might actually be fucked though, injury-wise, which would be a shame for England, let's put it that way. And a shame for him on a personal level, but no shame for Chelsea Football Club or anything else like that. Do I think the Chelsea fans will take to him though? I'm not so sure. I mean, we know what football is like. It's a fickle game. If he starts winning games, if they're 10 games into the season, they're top of the league, yeah, they will fucking take to him. And they'll be singing his magic, you know. You know they will. Like you say, the song is coming, man. It's coming. We've just got to get used to it. The old adage that people will always, you know, fall back to on this type of thing, but it's an ex-partner, isn't it? Knowing that your ex-partner is with somebody new. Mr. Brightside. <laughs> All that type of shit, you know? And we just you're just going to have to face that. It's the, it's the grim reality that Pochettino is probably going to have his name sung. And I think he's probably going to do quite well there. My bigger fear is that they're going to entice Kane to go there as well. He's already started to say he might just leave on a free transfer. And I don't know why he wouldn't do that, to be honest. I, I think 
He can have one more year at Tottenham. I don't think anybody... Nobody is going to offer us the money that Kane is worth to us for one year left on his contract. They're just not. I can't see bids going north of £50 million. And what is that to us? Like, in, in a real sense, doesn't get you much. Especially not if you're trying to replace Harry Kane. I mean, you wouldn't have even gotten us Richarlison. Let's put it that way. So, he's worth... When you consider that you get, what, 120 mil or something all in for qualifying for the Champions League? I'm not saying we are likely to, but we're way more likely to qualify for the Champions League again with Harry Kane in our team. So... Makes sense to us to keep him for another year. But on the flip side, if we want to control where he goes and we don't want to see him rock up at Chelsea or Arsenal, dare I fucking say it, but Arsenal. Oh, fuck. Imagine that. Um, but is this the end of the, the love affair of Pochettino? Probably, mate, if he goes there. Not only because what it's push it's kicking the can down the road another three four years. By that time, do his ideas get more out of date? By that time, how will things have ended at Chelsea? Will it have been toxic? Will it have been the fact that he didn't manage to get it over the line? Pochettino, the loser, he couldn't do it again. Bottled it in England. Do you know what I mean? This is a lot of stuff that can happen there. That We'll see it. Not likely. Because the flip side of it is he does really well there, becomes a club legend. He's won the Premier League there. And is that appetite to do that with Spurs? Or is that his fuck you? I don't know. I just think, yeah. I, in short, this is the end, mate. This is this is the end of it. And as Connor said on the last studio pod, that's it's a good chance for a bit of closure. Um, why didn't Daniel Levy put in the call? Fuck knows. Like you say, it would have been an easy piece of PR for us, I think, with the state of things at the moment, the mood of the fans, noises around the club. And there'd still be some dissenting voices if had we done that, oh, he's just going back for an easy option. People in the media were just saying, oh, it's just Tottenham trying to rekindle what they had before. I was still always of the opinion that there was unfinished business there, that there was still enough what-ifs to make it a palatable appointment on a non-emotional level and on an emotional level he's the manager that probably other than Martin Yole has had the most affection for the club openly has openly spoken about his love for the club and is so twinned with us in the best period of our recent history so I think there were a lot of easy wins there Maybe it's Donna Cullen, maybe it's Daniel Levy himself, maybe it's other people involved in the club, who knows. But it's a shame that we uh, we didn't go back to it. But, you know, it's done now. He's made his decision and... Fuck it. You know, is what it is. That's life. Life goes on. Here's another question from Joe Batty. Hello, mate. Firstly, um, love the pod. Secondly... Bit of a controversial opinion here in regards to Kane. I just listened to the last episode of the Man United preview. Um, I'm thinking 
in regards to selling Kane. I personally have the opinion that we kind of fall back on Kane. Daniel Levy is not going to fully rebuild until Kane's gone because then we will be truly at rock bottom. Um, And I think that with Kane, it's kind of thinking we have a mentality of we can always fall back on him, not just on the pitch, but Levy in the in the boardroom, I think he thinks instead of, okay, we're at rock bottom, we need Bastoni, it's kind of, okay, we've got Kane, we're not doing too badly. Uh, I just don't think that mentality is going to go until we get rid of him. Uh, So let me know your thoughts on that. Thanks again. Cheers, Joe. Nice uh, nice rainy message there. It's a nice bit of ASMR, that, mate. You know, have you ever listened to that on on Spotify? You can, I mean, we haven't needed to, how much it's been fucking raining this year, but... You can just listen to like the sound of like raindrops or flowing rivers and all that type of stuff. It's good. It's good if you need to chill out. Um, a question. Do I think we fall back on Kane? Yep, I think we definitely very much do. I think it is. A, because because I mean, it's, it's true, right? I, I said it at the top end of the podcast. We're a pretty average side with Harry Kane. Harry Kane in basically any side. Look at what Erling Haaland's done for Manchester City. He's even managed to take Manchester City up another level. Um, has he? Maybe that. Maybe that's not as on point. But I think Harry Kane takes takes every single team in this league, even Man City probably, up another level. He's just one of the best players ever, quite frankly. I agreed with what Ryan Mason was saying about him not being respected in this country. And that obviously filters through to the players. It obviously filters through to Kane that there is a sense there that he is he is disrespected. And it's true. I think he is. And you see the underlying comments below uh, every single post about that from all the different news agencies essentially posting Ryan Mason's post-match press conference. Everyone's saying wrong teams because he plays for the wrong team. He plays for losers. I mean, that's just shit, isn't it? It's just a shit way to look at football. Um, but to the question, do Tottenham fall back on him? Do we rely on him too much? Definitely. Is that a bad thing? Probably in some respects, but also in other ways, no. I just feel that he's just so good and it's hard to know what Richarlison would have done this season up top on his own that's the point I hasten to add we can't just remove Harry Kane from the team in the way that it is now and say well look at what would have happened because we haven't got anyone else scoring any goals it's a very different prospect if Harry Kane goes last summer Richarlison's promoted immediately to our main man to galvanise the team Whatever, who knows what happens in that scenario, right? But if we look at it right now, if you remove Harry Kane from this team, I think we've got 20 plus points as a direct result of him. The most, basically, his his game-winning points are the most out of any player in the Premier League this season. By a long way, I think. I think pretty much double the next, I can't remember who it was, it might be Tony or someone like that. Um but yeah, Kane's got 20. Last I looked, it was 22 points or something like that. He's won for Tottenham. And without those 22 points, we're down in a dogfight, you know. Um, 
and I see a lot of the concerns about does it inhib- like does it prohibit Tottenham from playing on the front foot? I don't know if I agree with that so much. I think there's a lot more players that prohibit Tottenham from playing on the front foot than just having Harry Kane up top. I think I think it's a I think it's a pretty shallow argument. Um, I see particularly kind of like a lot of the stats type community try and twist themselves in knots about this point. But I think, you know, the only stat you need, lads, is he scores loads of fucking goals, doesn't he? So stick that in your XG pie charts. But he, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's funny, isn't it? I'm getting kind of increasingly sort of annoyed with him, as I've said. I think I said it on the last pod and I said it on the one before that as well. I just don't, I never like the feeling that somebody starts to think they're above us, even, even if he probably definitely is. I just don't like it. I, I don't like the, the... We're definitely looking into this one too much, but, you know, even little things like the smile, talking about Man United fans singing Harry Kane, we'll see you in June. It's a bit annoying. Um, as I said just moments ago... He can go on a free transfer in a year's time. I still think in some respects he's worth more to the team. But there is the argument to be made that we properly want to turn over a new leaf. Hugo Lloris out the door, Harry Kane out the door. And we chuck that to a manager and say, right, the job is now, the rebuild is now. And there is some proper urgency on this. But you've got to be careful of how much a hospital pass you want to deal a new manager and how much you want to deal with a club. Because Lloris, yeah, he might be looking a bit flappy-handed now and he might his time might be up, but he's still the club captain. It's a big, big player to lose this summer. Do we take Kane and Lloris going in one summer? You know? Thankfully, we still got Sonny here, who, yep, not had the best of seasons, but I back him to to at least steady the ship a bit, be some sort of captain or auxiliary captain. I wonder if they would make him captain if Kane and Lloris went this summer. You know, be interesting to know. Definitely wouldn't want it to be Hoybier. I wonder if they'd make it Sonny. But I don't know if do, do we want to lose two big players like that in one summer. Is this just the temptation that something different that sometimes to have something different means tearing down the biggest part, the biggest pillar there, the biggest pillar and they were being being Kane, the talisman of the team. Is our temptation just to be like to to, to, to destroy that, the heart of it? When, as I often said, I heard the phrase like a couple of years ago or about a year or so ago now. I'd never really known what it meant. Occam's razor. Phil <laughs> Phil used it. I was like, you know what? I've never actually really fucking known what that means. What? Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So the Occam's razor in this situation is Harry Kane is exceptionally important to Tottenham Hotspur. 
He scores loads of goals. He's the talisman of the team. He is a, a captain of the team, leads by example. I don't feel... I, I mean, I'm basing this largely on all or nothing, so whatever, but you don't feel like he has that many captain credentials. He just doesn't really carry himself like a, a like a, a leader of men, if you know what I mean. He leads by example, which is different, right? It is different. There's, there's a difference there. I haven't probably enunciated that very clearly. But like I say, do we fall back on Harry Kane? To answer your question, Joe, yes, we do. Does that allow the boards, Daniel Levy, whoever else, to take their eye off the ball a bit? Probably, yes. However, does that also allow us to go into basically any game, and I mean any game, and think we might win this because we have Harry Kane there? I've never felt that in my entire life. Probably actually Gareth Bale's last season at Tottenham. But this is, what, coming up to 10 years now of having Harry Kane here, the consistency across these years is phenomenal. He's going to be fucking horrible when he goes. So, I think I'm probably still in that camp of, let's prolong it. Unless he gets really, really toxic, unless he desperately wants out, unless Manchester City come back and offer decent money and he says, no, I definitely want to go here or else I'm going to go Chelsea or Arsenal. I mean, fuck him if he does that. But, can't just just save the fans the heartbreak of that. Then I don't know, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one this summer as to with regard to what happens to him. An interesting, and by interesting, read horrible and painful. But there we have it. Um, I think that that's it for today. If you do, if you want to send in any questions, as I said previously tetrunk at gmail.com send us a voice note or send us an email anything with questions written down if you have liked this the preview pod you can subscribe to it from now on on buymeacoffee buymeacoffee.com dash tetrunk you can find the link on the twitter bio be links to the previous episodes there as well I put one of these out before each game and you know in the coming months, I'll probably work on doing various other bits and pieces. If you're not sick of hearing my voice, but you're sick of Tottenham, you can also listen to BYOB, Bring Your Own Blockbuster Podcast, which is myself and Ben Haynes and our producer, Alex Purdy, talking about everyone's favourite films from yesteryear. How do they stand up in 2023? What do we feel about them at the time? What do we feel about them now? Has our opinion changed? And all the various other little tidbits and facts from everybody's favourite films, basically. The type of films that are in a, well, not a DVD collection. Who, who has any of those anymore? But a film collection. So thus far, we've done Mrs. Doubtfire. We've done Whiplash. We've done Pulp Fiction. We've had Silence of the Lambs. And our latest episode was Daniel Craig's Casino Royale. Next episode coming out on Monday will be the Truman Show, which 
It was very fun to record, and I'm very much looking forward to that going out. You can find it on all your favourite podcast platforms or on YouTube. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you very much to everybody that is already supporting me on the Buy Me A Coffee website. I'm sorry that I've given the rest of them a free one today. I just thought, you know, it's two in a week. It's a chance to get a few more of them in, you know. And if if you have enjoyed this and you enjoy the post-match pods and you enjoy the pod in general, then why not consider subscribing to the Inner Sanctum? I'm not going to push it too hard. Well, I sort of have already, haven't I? Just commit to it, Jack. Just commit. Goodbye. Come on, you Spurs. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.